This is the Christian Life Centre podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, you may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Again, thank you not only to the board and to our pastors and staff. Elizabeth is my assistant. If you don't know who she is, so good to uh, celebrate today. All of the board members that are here, we have board members from different campuses that came in today. God bless you, our board. So thank you. Can we show our appreciation to our board today? God bless you. Today, as we look at, we call it Vision Sunday, we look at what God has been doing. Today, I really wanted to celebrate more than necessarily, we'll share a little bit of where we think God is leading and guiding, but to celebrate the impact of what God has enabled us as a church to make in these last few years, especially through the pandemic in a time where churches and life has just been all turned upside down. God has shown his favor on Christian Life Center in a greater way than we have experienced in the eight years prior for me and maybe years and years before. God used this season to increase our influence, to increase our impact, and to make a major spiritual uh, impact for his kingdom. And can we give him glory for that? You know, 10 years ago, as we just celebrated uh, this baton, was passed from Pastor Max and Ophelia to Pastor Candy and I. In fact, I think we even have a picture of the passing of the baton. And on that Sunday, it was, as you heard, November 13th in 2011, we received this baton. We were installed on that day. We were elected in July of 2011, but we were pastoring a large church in Vienna, Austria, Vienna Christian Center, and therefore we had a several months of transition. That church at that time didn't know what was coming. They didn't. They just thought we were on vacation. I shouldn't say this. They just thought we were on vacation. They thought we were going to the beach in Fort Lauderdale. And as we returned, we began to share with them what God had uh, been calling us. And it had been a call over a number of years that God was doing within my heart specifically. And as we began that transition, we arrived in November. This baton was passed to us. I shared with you already a few moments. The question that we asked, that we heard from the board, has been what we've been running with. And that is a vision to make an impact in this community. And today, I want to show you and celebrate the impact of what Christian Life Center's been doing. We heard that we desire Christian Life Center to be a lighthouse to this community. And I've said to you many, many times, as the light shines brighter here at home, it will shine further around the world. And God has enabled us to do that as kingdom builders. And I wanna say thank you for being a kingdom builder. If you don't know what a kingdom builder is, it's those that give above their tithe to missions work, to planning churches, to planning Bible schools, to training ministers, to uh, caring for orphans and widows, uh, just just to, to evangelize in every country that God has called us. And in the last few years, 
We have a stronger vision, a stronger call to reach the Caribbean by sending missionaries in to Cayman Islands and partnerships that you're going to hear about with the, the national leadership in Jamaica and other countries. We just believe God has given us a strong vision to touch our neighboring countries where many of you have come from, and that's into the Caribbean. And I'm believing God will help us be greater kingdom builders in the years to come. You know, we've ran. We've ran hard as a church, and it's for the glory of God. And I thank you for embracing every lay minister, every leader, every volunteer, every member for embracing the vision. A lighthouse is a place. When we talk about a church, it's a place that's reaching out to the brokenhearted, giving hope and healing, love and compassion. It's touching the brokenhearted. And man, there's many that are in this room, many that are a part of our online family that God has healed and touched and restored you. And we give him all the glory. Man, a lighthouse brings, brings illumination, opens up our eyes. The spiritually blind can begin to see, we can begin to see God bring healing and deliverance. Those that are bound by sin, sin is broken in Jesus name. Nights like we'll have tonight, nights ablaze, where we pursue God and we're believing that there are miracles, that mountains are going to be moved, that God is going to intervene into our situations. That's what we are is a lighthouse. Can I hear an amen? A lighthouse to the next generation. I mean, we have pastors in some of these departments, more than one pastor. We have pastors in, in, in our kids, in our youth. We have individuals that are working with our young adults all the way through our church because we believe God's called us to be a church for all generations. Can I hear an amen? That we are a lighthouse. In the book of Acts, you see that it was a movement of God. More than a church, but there was a movement of God that was unstoppable. And that's what I pray God will continue to enable us to be, is a movement for his glory that is unstoppable because it's not about us. It's all about him. We want to make his name great and we want to push back darkness so that the glory of God can fall. And that's what we're working towards and that's what we're running for. In the book of Acts, it says they turn the world upside down. God, for your glory, would you empower us? Would you accelerate us? Would you anoint us? Would you help us as a church make a major spiritual impact? Today, we're going to celebrate the goodness of God. Today, I want to talk to you about being a transformational church. Say that with me. A transformational church. Now, we can't be a transformational church if we're not transformational people. That if our lives have not been transformed by kingdom values, we will never make a kingdom impact. So I'm praying, God, you'll transform my life, our lives, that you will transform our church so that we can embrace kingdom values to make a kingdom impact for your glory. That's what I want to talk to you about for a few moments. You know, Jesus said that the reason... The reason that we should be a transformational church is because the kingdom of heaven is near. In fact, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, he says that to you and I. Go to the nations, preach to all nations that the kingdom of heaven is near. 
I'm believing that God's going to help us to be a transformational church that brings this message to the nations so that all can come to know him. And as they come to know him, they're empowered by his spirit. And as they're empowered by his spirit, transformation is taking place. I want you to take your Bibles, take your devices and turn with me for a few moments. And I want to begin sharing with you some celebrated points, but I want to give biblical context as we do it. I'm going to take you to a familiar passage of Scripture. We read it often, but it's so fitting for today. This day we're calling Vision Sunday. And in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it gives us, in Acts 1 verse 8, it gives us the how that we're going to make an impact because the kingdom of heaven is near. You will receive what? Power. Say it louder. Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And it shows us that there are four harvest points in Jerusalem. That's where they were. So that's where we're at right now in our community. Might be Pompano Beach. It might be Coral Springs. It might be Tamarack. It's right here in Broward County. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's showing us where we're going to be able to have an impact. And I thank the Lord. You're going to see it in a few moments that God is enabling us to make an impact in all four of these harvest points and harvest fields. That God is strengthening our hands. And through the pandemic, we have seen it in a greater way. Flip over to chapter 2. In chapter 2, I want to pick up where the Spirit of the Lord begins to move. And as they're empowered by the Spirit, you begin to see the impact. Acts 2, verse 37 When the people heard, Peter had just finished preaching. He's been now anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit. Just a few days before, Peter is denying Christ. It's the greatest failure of his life at that moment. And now the Holy Spirit's empowered him. And he's preaching and he's proclaiming. And God's anointed him. And here's the result of his empowerment. Man, when your life is transformed, let me tell you, there's an anointing that will flow from you. Can I hear an amen? There's something that'll happen. And in verse 37, when the people heard, heard the sermon, heard the testimony, remember, you'll be my witness. When they hear your story, they were cut to the heart. What does that mean? There was a conviction. The anointing of God was there and they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent. Repent means turn from your sin, turn away from it, and turn to God and be baptized. Let there be a public declaration that you are now a follower of Christ. And everyone, everyone will be baptized when they repent. And he says, every one of you, when you are allowing yourselves to be empowered by God, when you repent of your sin, he says, be baptized and every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins you will then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, my prayer is that a transformational church for you and I, that we are going to be empowered. Will you just agree with me, God? You will empower us. And as you empower us, Lord, we will see the movement of God like they saw in the book of Acts. Go a few more verses down. Verse 40 familiar passage, but here we begin to see what a transformational church looks like. Very, very important. With many other words, Peter warns them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves for from this corrupt generation, those who accepted, received the message, they were baptized. And there was about how many? 
3,000 that were added to their number that day. Pastor Sean, I'm waiting for that day. 3,000 were added to their numbers. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer, communion. Everyone was filled with all. Say all. They were filled with awe and wonder for the many wondrous and miracle signs that were being done in the midst by the apostles. All. Say all. Not just the Jews, not just Samaritans or Judeans, but all the believers were together and they had everything in common. There was a unity to the place that they were sharing their possessions, taking care of one another. They were sharing as one had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke Bread. Every day they met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Man, get the picture with me here. Here's a transformational church. It's a church that was passionate. It was a church filled with individuals that their lives had been transformed. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. God was anointing them. It was a church that was taking a message of hope everywhere. And people were being saved. Can I hear an amen? God was demonstrating his power, his truth, his anointing was being released. And the kingdom of God was being built as the message of hope was going out. And it was unstoppable because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let's give him praise. So what does it look like? Out of that passage right there, it says to us, a transformational church starts with me as a transformed individual means that I'm going to have an all for God. Say all for God. Not A-L-L-A-W-E. An all for God. That there is something in me that I marvel in the wonder of who my God is. And I bask in the love of God and in the mercy of God. And I come to worship Him and exalt Him and to lift His name up high. Too many churches worship is about them. It's about the person that comes, what they're getting or not getting, what's happening or not happening. God wants you and I to come to him with a passionate spirituality that says, God, I'm going to exalt you and love you and proclaim your glory everywhere to everyone. But especially when I come into the house of God, I'm going to worship you, oh God. Worship is more than a song that is sung. It's a surrendering of my heart. I lay my heart down. I lay before him and I yield to him so that he can become Lord of all. It's yielding everything that's within you. Peter preached and he says, be baptized, repent and be baptized. And when you are, the the forgiveness of sins will be released over your life. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you will be empowered. You see, it starts with repentance. Tonight, you want miracles. Tonight, we want a breakthrough. We want the glory of God to be released. We want to be a transformational church. It starts with a spirit of repentance where we say, God, break the power of sin over my life. 
change my character, change my habits. God, let me allow you to begin to transform me into your image as I put on the fruit of the Spirit and I walk in that fruit. Father, let me be a reflection of your glory. Can I hear an amen? Repentance. In fact, in Romans 10, 13, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You're here today and you've not yet surrendered to the Lord before you leave this place, before you tune out. I pray that you will pause and say, Father, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Father, I receive you and the gift of salvation that comes from you through your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that you will break the bondage of sin, break the habit of sin and come into my heart today. And Father, I may not know how, but I surrender everything to you. And as soon as you do that, I guarantee you, God will begin to do a work in your heart and in your life. And if you pray that prayer, even right now, if you're whispering it under your breath and in your heart, will you do me a favor? Let me know. Text the word decision. I want to pray with you. I want to walk with you. I want to help you to grow in God and be what God has called you to be. I want to share with you for a moment what we've done in these last several months this year when it comes to worshiping God, experiencing God. Look at this video with me. At the start of the pandemic, with so much uncertainty within our community and around the globe, we sensed a divine urgency to step into the darkness. This urgency birthed our daily message of hope, reaching hundreds of people daily via live stream we were able to provide a consistent voice of prayer and encouragement, shining the light brighter at home and extending further around the world. Over the course of a year, we reached nearly 179,000 people with the daily message of hope. Those who tuned in were able to experience God as they established their new routines. On Pentecost Sunday, our Fort Lauderdale campus reopened after three months of lockdown. On this day, we placed a spiritual stake in the ground, declaring that we would unify together to pursue the presence of God. And that we did. As we reopened our doors, we saw God's response to us in creating room for Him to continue to move in a powerful way. Just a few months later in October, our Coral Springs, Sunrise, and Spanish campuses reopen, extending our message of hope throughout Broward County and beyond. Here at CLC, we prioritize a culture of passionate spirituality. This year, that passion stirred our desire to experience God through an extended time of prayer. On September 10th, from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m., all campuses gathered for all-night prayer to press into the needs of our church from praying corporately over our world to providing moments of individual prayer, the entirety of the evening's focus was to intimately seek more of God. While we prayed for what is to come, we also praised God for what He has already done, including sharing incredible testimonies of healing and financial freedom. By the end of the night, we had planted stakes at the corners of our city as a declaration of God's kingdom in Broward County. Despite challenges that may have come our way, our church has been persistent in our desire to continuously experience God. And these are just a few of those ways in which we blazed forth into all that God has for us. Amen. 
And church, I just want to say thank you for running after God, desiring God. We're going to exalt you. We're going to learn to love you. We thank you for your love, and we're going to show our love in return by coming and surrendering and yielding and worshiping you, exalting your name, that there is a true heart of worship. Can I hear an amen? Why is that so important? It's because without life, without God, uh, life just doesn't make sense. If you don't have God in your life and you're not learning to walk with him and experience him, everything that will happen to you and around you won't make sense. But when you allow God to drive your life and it becomes the center of your life and the focus of your life and you give everything to saying, God, I want to be in the center of your will, God begins to empower you. Too many people are driven by too many other things, but a transformational church says, God, there's one thing that's going to drive my life, and that is who you are, and that I love you, and God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, and God, I'm going to do everything I can to love you in return. Man, when you come in, worship him. When you come to church, let there be something that rises from your heart. Not just singing a song, but surrendering and saying, God, I want to be different. I want my life to please you. I, Father, want you to know that everything within me exalts you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's a great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with everything in you. Love him and praise him. Now, let me warn you, the enemy of your soul, Satan himself, is out to kill, steal, and destroy. In fact, in Acts chapter 3, if we were to go one more chapter, it, it says that, and he's speaking to the Jews that are there, and he says that you, you disowned the holy and the righteous one from God, and you murdered, and you killed him, and it was the one that you killed, the author of life that you killed, but God raised him from the grave, and we're witnesses that God raised him up. Now, why is that important? Because the enemy of your soul is doing everything he can to kill God's work. The advancement that you're making in your life, in your marriage, in your family, the enemy is working hard to bring deception, to get you distorted in the truth and what the truth of God's word is. You see, the truth of who God is doesn't come from what I think or what I believe, but it comes from the word of God. And what God says to you and I is truth. And that truth will set you free and it will lead you and I. So church, if we're going to be a transformational church, we've got to fight deception. And we've got to say, God, open my eyes. And as you open my eyes, let the fire of the Holy Spirit be stoked within me and stir within me. And as you are, I will be able to overcome the work of the enemy that's attacking me. Father, I receive that in Jesus' name. The transformational church. A transformational church is not a church that just experiences God, but a transformational church is a church that genuinely loves one another. There's a genuine love for each other. In Acts chapter 2, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. They, they had all things in common. There was a unity that was there. And so when they came, they would worship him with glad and sincere hearts. You learn to love one another. I want you to see this video of what God has enabled us to do over the last Connecting year. Connecting together is an essential part of Christian Life Center. When we connect together, we grow together. This year, we launched our spiritual growth campaign, Fight. And for six weeks, we learned what it means to fight our flesh in order to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. 
One of our favorite aspects of SGC is the emphasis of going beyond a Sunday morning and connecting with each other through intentional relationships. This is made possible with life groups. Over the duration of our six-week spiritual growth campaign, we have gained 47 new life groups, totaling nearly 100 groups. The total reach of those connected to life groups is now 1,146 people, with 177 of those as new participants. While these numbers themselves are impressive, we know that each number represents a life created for connection with God and a church family. Life groups have truly given us the opportunity to form those essential relationships that help guide us in unity as a body of Christ through discipleship. In a season of isolation, our groups continued to press forward. When meeting in person became challenging, our life groups sought creative ways to gather together, meeting over Zoom, in parks, at beaches, and more. To this day, our groups are still continuing to meet uniquely, from backyard barbecues to coffee shops and beyond. Connecting together through life groups is a life-changing experience that makes a big church feel small. Amen. And for those of you that are in a life group, thank you for making the commitment. For those that haven't yet taken that step, we pray that this year you will connect to a group. A transformational church, let me just say, welcomes everybody. It doesn't matter what our background is, doesn't matter what our upbringing is, doesn't matter what our culture is, doesn't matter what our political views are, it doesn't matter what age we are, what economic situations we may have in our life. It's a church that welcomes everyone. Everyone can connect together. And when people come, they come with their doubts, their questions, their fears, their pains, whatever it is that they come with, but they know that they're coming into a place where there is love, love for God and love for one another that welcomes everyone. And when we welcome everyone, the spirit of God can begin to move. I mean, in fact, Jesus said, all that are hungry, come. All that want to hear, come. All that are thirsty. He says, what? Say it louder. Say it come all that wishes to take freely of the gift of the water of life let them come and I pray that Christian Life Center will be a church that welcomes everyone that we don't look for what divides us that's what the world is doing but we look for what unifies us Yes, we have different cultural backgrounds, different upbringings. Yes, we may have different political views. We may have different theological understandings of something. But we don't look at what divides us, but we look at what unifies us. And then we can give God glory as we begin to move empowered by his spirit. So here is our role. Turn to your neighbor. Say, this is your role. My role is that we're a welcoming people. That when people come, when we bring them, that we welcome everyone. That you greet one another, you love one another. Even if you have different political views, you still love one another. Can I hear an amen? I mean, yes, I know we have Democratic and Republican and Independent, and we've got the green and all of this, but we, as the body of Christ, really have one affiliation, and it's to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that we align to. 
Politically, we might see some things differently. Economically, we might live a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that unifies us, and that's the love of Jesus Christ. And there's one thing that motivates us, and that's the passion that drives us, and it's the mission of Christ. I may not understand your experiences. You may not understand my experiences. I may not feel what you're feeling in certain situations. But the one thing I know is that when we strive to walk in unity, there is an anointing. And God blesses and his grace begins to flow. So church, be aware, be careful, because Satan is trying to kill God's work of life by causing confusion and division. I've watched in the last 18 months, not just in our church, but in other churches, he gets in and he begins to create confusion and division. And boy, in these last several years, it's been things like race or, or pigmentation of skin or political parties or whatever it may be that's caused confusion and division. But the one thing I know is it's the work of the enemy. It's not, the Bible says, a battle with flesh and blood, but the principalities of this air. Satan himself is trying to divide the church and we must fight for our unity. We must fight to strive in the mission of what God has called us to. A transformational church, I know I'm running out of time, but as a church that is allowing God's spirit to grow us into the character of Christ. Hear me now, real quick, hear me. The most important thing when it comes to your spiritual maturity, it's not just how much Bible knowledge you have. It's not how much you can quote the scripture. Your spiritual maturity is reflected by your character. And there are no excuses for character cracks and for character weakness and, and areas within your character. I've had people all my life say, well, that's just the way I am. They're gonna have to accept it. No, 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 no. That's not who Christ is. And you are a Christian and therefore you work on your character. Character and character transformation is all about obedience. And we talk a lot about obedience and, and we say amen to obedience, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, Obedience is a matter of discipline. I know it. The question is, am I going to do it? How many parents of you can identify with this? You tell your son, I had sons, three boys. Two are still single, by the way, if you have any daughters. Two are still single. Now, I, I, I've told you before, we've worked with people from around the world. I believe in the whole diary, dowry system. I believe that. And the Indian culture, you know, and never mind, I won't go there. <laughs> get back, get back, get back. But if I were to tell one of my sons, let's pick one of them. Which son do I should pick? Andrew, I'll pick Andrew. If I say to Andrew, Andrew, clean your room. Tell him in the morning, son, I want you to clean your room. He says, yes, dad, yes, dad, I'll, I'll clean my room. He's probably playing a video game or something when I'm telling him that. But yes, dad, yes, I'll, I'll clean my room. And so we go through the day and it's dinner time and we're sitting at the dinner table. And as we're sitting there having dinner, I say, Andrew. And Andrew says, dad, 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 I know, I know, I know. You asked me to clean my room. 
But dad, I decided today to do some study about cleaning your room. So I went into the biblical text and I began to study it. I went historically all the way back to all the way back into through the biblical times of Adam and Eve and cleaning the tent and cleaning the room. And I did all of these word studies. I even looked into the future of what eschatology says about cleaning your room and what the Greek meaning is and the Hebrew meaning and what it even means in Latin. And, and I went into all this study. So much so, Dad, that I've decided I'm going to write a book about cleaning your room and and you know dad I, I like to write songs and so I'm going to get pastor Charles and pastor Kevin and the band together and we're going to write a song about cleaning your room and we're going to travel around and do conferences about cleaning your room son I had one question did you clean your room did you clean your room? I think sometimes that's what we do to God's word. God has one question, and that is, did you obey my word? Did you do what I ask you to do? We can rationalize and justify and make excuses, but at the end of the day, did you do what I ask you to do? I'm so proud of you as a church because you're growing in the character of Christ. Yesterday, we got together with our life group leaders. We had a celebration, and it was a great morning. And one of our leaders got up, and they said, you know, um, this was a really, really deep series. And uh, she has a daughter that was leading a life group. And she said the daughter called her and said, Mama, this is, th this is really, really deep for young people. And the mama says, I know, we're going to talk about fornication. And that's deep, 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 deep. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I didn't think it was deep. God just says, don't do it. Be pure. Don't be impure. But we're living in a world that rationalizes and justifies and begins to talk about why we need to do this or do that. And God's basically just saying, these are the parameters that will enable you to walk in my peace. You want my favor? You want my blessing? You want my anointing? You want breakthrough in your life? Then you walk in my ways and watch my glory fall on you and my grace fall on you and the peace of God be with you. If you will, look at this video of what God has done in the last couple of years. Here at CLC, we believe that God has equipped each of us through His Spirit to grow daily. By growing in our experiences and knowledge of God, we also put our faith in action by serving others with our gifts to edify the church. During a time when all looked different, our church rediscovered the meaning of serving others by learning to steward our time and resources to care for our church and our community. As we established a new way of serving, we also desired a deeper continuation of growing in our spirituality, leadership, personal wellness, and more. As a church, we dove into powerful Bible studies led by our pastoral team. Meanwhile, our School of Discipleship classes began to be hosted through Zoom, opening the door for people all over the world to connect and grow in their knowledge and application of God's Word. And our growing didn't stop there. 
This past summer, we hosted Goal Getters, a three-week online seminar covering topics such as finances and mental and physical health. With the help of professional instructors, along with helpful tools and resources, we discovered ways to steward all that God has given us and grow in our personal development. Through growing and serving, we experienced each of our campuses connecting as one, coming together to make a major spiritual impact. We proved to truly be one house, many rooms. A transformational church is growing in the character of Christ. A transformational church is sacrificially ministering God's grace. Say sacrificially ministering God's grace. The great commandment is to go, the emphasis is on the go into all the world and make disciples, showing the love of God. One of the greatest things I could ever do for you in your spiritual walk and growth with God is to help you discover your spiritual gifts. Your spiritual gifts is your anointing. It's what God wants to use in you and through you, not only to grow you, but it enables you to grow others and we make disciples as we serve God together. Your gift helps me, my gift helps you, your gifts help one another, and when we bring our gifts together, it helps us to be what God calls us to be. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God that works all of them in all men. We're called to make disciples to use our gifts to make disciples. And there is a passion that grows as you're serving God. And I wanna say to many that over the last few years, for whatever reason and for many reasons, you have quit serving with your gift. And all I can say is it's time to serve again. It's time to re-engage in ministry because when you do, it's like the sails of a sailboat. The sails of your life begin to fill with passion and it drives you through storms. It fuels you. Some of you are grieving the spirit because you're not working with the gifts that God has put within you. We've got our excuses. We've got our reasons. We've got all of the busyness of life. But at the end of the day, a transformational church is using their gifts to advance the kingdom of God. Every kind of gift, every kindness that we show in serving God builds the work of the kingdom. And can I tell you that nobody, nobody that's in this house or watching a part of our CLC online family, nobody has not been given a gift. Everybody has a gift that advances the kingdom of the Lord. Man, I look at our choir in the Fort Lauderdale campus and I see it coming back. But all I can say is there's many of you out there that you used to sing here and in other churches and it's time to re-engage. Can I hear an amen? You help us. This building was built for a choir. You help us to go into the kingdom of God. We need you to re-engage. Every kingdom builder that helps to, to go on missions trips, not only financially giving, you're building the kingdom. Every children's worker, youth worker, outreach, prayer team, intercessor, we could go on and on and on and all of the gifts. It brings together a unity that expands the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look at this. I love this verse. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the what? Say it louder. On the 
contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're indispensable. Come on, turn to somebody else. Touch, a, touch somebody if you came with them and say, you're indispensable. The church needs you. The Lord needs you. Christian Life Center needs you. And we need to make a commitment that it's time to serve together. Because when we do, there is a transformation that takes place for the kingdom of God. Now, church, beware. The enemy, Satan himself, is trying to kill the work of life by deadening our compassion and making things of the world more attractive and making us more busier than we've ever been so that we don't have margin or time to serve God anymore. And therefore, we have to fight. Say it with me, fight. We've got to fight against the enemy and we've got to determine that we're going to love him more than the things of this world. And a part of loving him is serving him by serving one another. Let me say it again. The way you show God that you love him is by serving one another. You may think coming to church shows God that you love him. No, coming to church grows your character. Coming to church grows you into the wisdom and the knowledge of who God is. But when you love one another and serve one another, you show him that you love him. So when you come to a worship service and you're saying, God, I love you and I want you, God, to use me and I, I desire, Father, to show you and I want to live my life for you, God's saying, then serve me by serving one another. Your gift grows somebody, my gift grows you. When we serve one another, Ephesians say, we become strong and mature in the Lord. So my prayer over you is you'll serve with passion because when you serve with passion, it can be greeting or ushering. It could be stacking the pews. It, it could be cleaning the campus. Whatever it is that you begin to do to serve the Lord, when you do it with passion, it makes a difference. You are indispensable. Lastly, before we go into a moment of prayer, and that is a transformational church and a transformational person, one that's been transformed is one that extends God's love. Say extends God's love. What does that mean? Is that we are messengers of hope. And boy, God has given us great favor here in this last year. Look at this video. At Christian Life Center, we have been able to make an impact not only in our community, but around the world. For 26 weeks, we as a church served over a million pounds of food to our community during their time of need. During our weekly food distribution, we provided all important food and household goods while maintaining a safe environment by loading these directly to families in their cars as they drove through the distribution stations. While caring for our community, this created an opportunity to serve alongside of our city officials, enabling us to create stronger relationships with those who serve and lead our city while ministering to them in the process. In addition, we were able to serve thousands of lunches to the children of Broward County. Through this, our outreach team was also able to gain influence within the local schools to offer tutoring and life skills for children, as well as the love of Jesus that transforms. During this time, we also witnessed a mighty move of life transformation 
as we saw over a hundred people make an outward declaration of their inward decision to follow Christ through water baptism. While many came from our congregation, there were also powerful moments of bystanders watching us be messengers of hope and wanting to be a part of the family of God. As we remained faithful to reaching our community here locally, we were also able to continue to impact the world outside our borders. This past season, we gave close to $700,000 to kingdom builders. There is nothing impossible for God when we place our faith in Him. The generosity of this house allowed us to continue to support those who have given their yes as a sacrifice to the call of God. Ministry may have looked different for our missionaries, and many experienced uncertainty as borders closed. But one thing we were able to do was give the assurance that their financial needs would still be met. While this crisis seemed to darken the world, the church was able to be a beacon of hope, shining with the light of Christ. Amen. All of this during the pandemic, can we give God praise? John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go. The emphasis on go, appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Man, when I look at that, I see over a million pounds of food. 26 weeks, can I tell you, that's one or two semi-trucks of food every single week. Give yourselves a hand, so proud of you. I have a testimony from the, the captain there of BSO, we're gonna post it online this week where she's thanking Christian Life Center. She's thanking you as a church for serving as we serve this community. We have letters from local schools that have said thank you for coming in and partnering with our students and making a difference. The city of Tamarack and the partnership that we've had with them, $700,000 to kingdom builders this last year, almost 200,000 lunches to our students during the pandemic baptisms at the beach. We didn't even mention to you light the night just a couple weeks ago where almost 2,000 people came, 377 first-time families that came that night. I mean, that's what we're doing. Jesus says, go, and we have gone. He's appointed us to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said to his followers, go. The emphasis is on what? Go everywhere, everywhere in the world and tell the good news. We call it the message of hope. The good news, the message of hope to what? Everyone. Go everywhere to everyone with the message of hope. You know, in February of 2020, just right before lockdown of the pandemic, we didn't know in, in America what was get, about to take place. We have just come through 21 days of prayer and fasting. Our theme in 2020 was go beyond. And man, I, I look back now and I say since, since March of when the pandemic really came to us and, and we went into lockdown all the way to now, I'm telling you, we have gone beyond. We have gone beyond beyond what we could have thought. Ministry was different. We didn't know how we would do it, but everything began to change and God gave us favor. 
But in that February, we were talking about going beyond. We were praying about the impact that God was going to make for us. And for years, we were told that the tower on the building here at the Fort Lauderdale campus, that we couldn't light it up because it's a tower. And it was like, that's the lighthouse. I mean, we've been called to be a lighthouse to this community. We need to light this up. So some of our staff, Brother Hugh, our COO, and, 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 and Brother Sam, our maintenance department, they, they got together with the city. We got a permit, and we've lit up the tower, showing that we are a lighthouse. And I think we have a picture of it. I think we have a picture of it, right? It's coming. There it is. Can you pull back there? Okay, you're going to have to look at this screen down here, because this is the only one that we had where the light, the light is, they called us back at night. It was, a, it was a late day. Brother Hugh said, Pastor, I need you to come back at, uh, I don't know, 8 o'clock, 8.30. And I was like, Hugh, that's awful late, man. <laughs> no, I need you to come. I need you to come. And we came back, and they lit that up. And as it lit up, it was a statement. It was a statement. It was a statement for us as a church. At Christian Life Center, God's called us to be a lighthouse to take a message of hope everywhere to everyone, to share the good news, the message of hope that we don't hold back. In fact, the scripture says in in Mark, if we do, Mark chapter 10, verse 29, that if we will take the message of hope everywhere to everyone, if we will share the love of God and tell everybody the good news, if we won't hold back, there'll be a hundred time return. You know what that means? That's a 10,000 interest return. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're an investment, that's pretty good. That's like really, really good. We would all be putting some money if we were guaranteed a 10,000% return. A hundred times over is 10,000% on our investment. On our what investment? to be a transformational church, to be a transformational person, to say, God, I want your word to flow through us as a church. I want your power and anointing to enable us to be what you've called us to be. The warning is that the enemy of your soul, Satan, is trying to kill the work of life, the work of God, by silencing your witness and your impact. See, some of you, if you were honest, the enemy has silenced your story. He silenced your witness. And therefore, the impact of our life is not 10,000% that's going to return because there's not been anything that goes forth. So, Father, our prayer is that we are messengers of hope everywhere to everyone the shirts just symbolically state what we've embraced and that is we are messengers of hope Jesus says when you go peace will be with you as the father has sent me I am sending you can I hear an amen Would you stand with me? I'm not done. We're going to have a word of prayer here in a few moments. So I don't want you to slip away online. Stay with me. But in the building, stand with me across this room. You know, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, babe, come on up here with me. 10 years ago, we took this baton in our hand. And as we took this baton 
in our hand. And today, what we did 10 years ago, I want you to take that baton with me. 10 years ago, when we took this baton in our hand, we made a covenant with you as a church. And today I make that covenant one more time. And I would say our pastors are making this covenant. Our board is making this covenant. Our lay ministers are making this covenant and every leader needs to make this covenant. It was a covenant that says, Christian Life Center, we're gonna love you. We're gonna love you. You're the bride of Christ. And we've been called to love you and to shepherd you. Today we make that covenant to love you. 10 years ago, I said, secondly, the covenant I make is to preach the word of God with anointing. And man, I work hard at it. I can't say I always hit it, but I work hard at it. To challenge you, to encourage you, to inspire you, to teach you, to show myself approved so that you can grow in the character of Christ, to preach the word. We make that covenant with you. And that we will run and lead, but we will run with passion. We will lead with passion to build the kingdom of God, to make a major spiritual impact, that God would enable us to sense his activity and that we would move into the activity of Christ. And that's why I will say, if you come and you would say, pastor, I don't like what we're doing. I don't like this. I don't like that. I would just say, hang on, because it's probably going to change. Because when God's moving, things are changing. We don't get fixed in the past. We don't get fixed by tradition. We're saying, God, show us your activity. Show us what you want to do. And God, we're going to move into that. And so CLC, we're going to love you. CLC, we're going to share God's word with you with a passion that enables you, with an anointing that grows you. And we're going to lead with passion. Can I hear an amen? What we're going to do is our worship team is going to begin just to lead us in a song. And then from that song, we're going to begin to go into a few minutes of prayer. Just a few minutes. I want you to hang with me. Don't leave. Online, don't leave. You're with me this long. Stay with us. Because this prayer is the most important part. And we're going to begin to pray, God, help me to be a transformational person. Transform me. And then we're going to begin to pray, God, transform our church. Let us be a transformational church that as we build your kingdom, you build your church in me and you. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah shared the vision like I've shared with you today. And the people said, let's do it. He shared the vision and the people said, let's do it. What was the vision? It was to rebuild a wall that had been broken down. It had been destroyed, broken down for over 120 years. Can you imagine? They're stepping over the stones and the rubble all of their life. Man, we look around and we see society is breaking down everywhere. We're walking over brokenness. Nehemiah came and he said, we can rebuild it. I'm coming today and I'm saying we can be a transformational church. We can do this. We can be a movement that turns the world upside down for the glory of God. And my prayer is that we will. Acceleration and fulfillment of the vision will come as we are a transformational people that are determined to be a transformational church. My prayer. Oh, that's better. 
Woo! I should have preached with that the whole day. And my prayer is that you and I will agree together and say, let's do it. Let's do it. Sing this song with us. Upon this rock, you build your church and the gates of hell will not going to do is we're going to begin to lead in prayer. We're going to begin to lead you. My pastoral team is going to begin to pray different points and we're going to begin to pray. There's two focuses to every prayer. Every prayer is going to be very quick, but there's two focuses. The first focus is you're praying for yourself and you're praying it over your life, over your family. You're praying for you. I want you to pray aloud. I want it on your lips because when we pray these prayers on our lips, it gets into our spirit. The second part of the prayer is you're not only praying for yourself, but you're praying for our church. You're praying it over Christian Life Center. You're a part of this church. You're a part of this ministry. You're watching a part of our online family. Begin to pray over this. Begin to believe it together that God will do a transformation among us. Let's begin to pray. Remember, you're praying aloud. We're leading you in a prayer point. It's a prompting prayer. You're praying it in return. Father, I pray that God, you will help us to be a lighthouse, a lighthouse to this community, oh God, that will be a lighthouse to the world, that God, Christian Life Center, will be a place where the brokenhearted will be coming, and God, they will find hope and healing, oh God. I find, I pray, God, that they will find the love of your spirit. Compassion will be released, oh God. Lord, I'm praying that the spiritual blindness will be removed. Remove the spiritual blindness in Jesus' name. I pray that those that are in captivity, that that captivity will be broken. 
every bondage, every hindrance, every habit, I pray is broken in the name of Jesus. I pray for a Holy Spirit empowerment. Empower us, oh God, with your spirit. Anoint us, oh God, and begin to demonstrate your love. Begin to demonstrate your truth. Begin to demonstrate your power in Jesus' name. I want us to pray for the awe that we have for our God. I don't know about you, but the basis of my life is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I want us to fear God, and I want us to walk in His grace and His love, and the increase of our life would be filled with the love that we have for our Lord. And also, we want to be able to surrender so that we can be spirit-led. Amen? Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that the awe that we have for you, Lord, that the fear of God that we have, Lord, for you, Lord Jesus, right now, that God, that you would help us to increase in the love that we have for you, Lord. You are our awesome God. You are awesome God. You are awesome in all things. And God, you rule and reign over our lives. Lord Jesus, we surrender our lives today that we can walk in the fullness and the grace that you give to us. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be surrendered, that we would constantly live in a repentance, Lord, of who we are, Lord, that we would let you shine through us and change us and transform us. Lord, I pray that you would help us not to be deceived, Lord, from what the enemy would try to come and distract us. But God, we ask you, God, to cover and protect our lives, Lord Jesus. Help us to walk in the obedience of what we've heard today and the truth of your word, Lord, that would become the light to us, Lord. We we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us to walk in the grace that you pour upon us. Lord, we love you and we thank you, God. We are in awe of who you are, almighty God. Can you give him a clap offering for who he is this morning? Yes, Lord. Amen, church. We're going to pray for a genuine love for one another that we would be truly the way the church should be with our hearts. So would you go ahead and lift your hands and say, Father, begin with me. Lord, would you start in each of us a genuine love? Father, first for you, a vertical love, Lord, that spreads horizontally. Lord, that we would truly be a church that opens our arms, opens our minds. Lord, we pray right now that you would break off any perspectives that aren't in line with your love, that aren't in line with you reaching, Father, those who are far from you. And so, Father, right now, we proclaim the word come, and we speak it to those who are in our local communities. We speak it to the world. We we say come every nationality every skin color every race father we say come lord no matter their legal status no matter how much money they have in their bank account lord we say come to the brokenhearted to those who may be successful and not successful in the business world lord we say come we say come to those who are hurting come to those who think that they're whole come to each every person that the lord has desired and so father right now we pray lord that those who drive down commercial boulevard each day, 40,000 people. Lord, that there'd be a unique spotlight on us. And Lord, that when it's shown, Lord, that when we come to the forefront of it, Lord, that we would truly be who you called us to be. Lord, that there'd be no fault. Lord, that there'd be no greed. Lord, that there'd be no other agenda. But Father, that we would operate in the way you called us. And we say this in the powerful name of Jesus. And we all say, amen. Amen. The next prayer point is for godly character, that we would have the mind of Christ, 
that we will look more like Christ than we look like the world. And so if that's you, I want you to lift your, your heart to the Lord. I want you to lift your voice to the Lord and say, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a right spirit. Cultivate in me Christ-like character. Lord, we know that we cannot have Christ-like character without the Word of God. It's the Word of God that renews my mind. It's the Word of God that transforms my heart. So in the name of Jesus, we cry out for a hunger for God's Word, a passion for God's Word. Lord, decrease the appetite for the things of this world out of our lives and increase an appetite for your word because man can live by lots of things, but it's by every word that we are strengthened, by the word of God that we are transformed. So give us a hunger, give us a thirst, Lord God, for your word in the name of Jesus. But it doesn't stop there, Lord God. Give us a, a spirit to obey you, a will to obey your word, not just know the word, but be obedient by the word. And when you know that word and apply that word, that is when that you walk out truth. So Lord God, change our want to. Change our desires, Lord God, that we won't try to look like the, th the kingdoms of this world, but we would attempt to, to cultivate in our lifestyle, to obey your word so we could be transformed by the word. And then, Lord God, we come up against the enemy that comes to blind us from walking in your truth. The enemy that comes to rob us from the word that has been sown in our hearts. The enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. Lord, we put up a front against him. We can't cancel the works of the enemy against our lives. We come in up against him and he will flee seven ways by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we come into alignment with your truth. We come into alignment in obedience unto your truth so that we can bear fruit and not just any fruit, but fruit that will remain to the glory of God. Can somebody say amen? Go ahead, if you can, right where you are, put your hand over your heart. Just put your hand over your heart. What we're going to be praying right now is that God will help us to sacrificially minister God's grace and that we would serve from a place of anointing. So begin to pray over your heart. Father, give us a heart for ministry. Give us a heart for sacrificing for the work of the ministry. Help us to guard our hearts, where our hearts are, is where our passion is. God, help us to guard our passion to ensure that everything that we're doing is coming from a place of purity. Your word declares that we ought to do everything as unto the Lord. So God, help us as we're ministering your grace to do it as unto the Lord. I pray you would search our hearts. Begin to ask him to search your heart, to give you a heart for ministry, to give you a heart to minister God's grace, to give you a heart to serve with passion, to give you a heart to have compassion for those to the left and right of us. Father, we ask you, Lord, that as we are serving for the work of ministry, that our hearts would burn for you, that we would be able to hold fast to the mission of Jesus Christ as we heard earlier that on this rock you will build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Help us, God, to guard our hearts in this vein to ensure that everything that we are doing is unto you for the glory of your name. Now, if you can, just begin to lift your voice, begin to ask the Lord to come. Let's begin to come against Satan's attacks against his church. Father, we begin to push back the gates of darkness that would try to silence your church, that would try to silence who you've called us to be, or silence any person in this room due to insecurities or our condemnation or sins of the past. But God, I pray that you would help us to, to put our hands to the plow. Help us to get in the game. Help us to contribute to the work of ministry. Help us to be able to say, here I am I. Send me. Help us to be a people in a church that will do all that we can 
to utilize our resources for your glory. God, we pray, oh Lord, that you give us the ability to minister this grace. Help us to use our time. Help us to use our talents. Help us to use our treasures to ensure that we see the gospel of Jesus Christ go in and through your church. If you believe that, can someone shout amen? We want saints of God. We want to be an extend. We want to extend God. We want to extend God's love to our community. We want to be messengers of that love. So right now, I want you to agree with me. We are going to take authority in Jesus' name. I want you to say, I take authority in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I take authority over the enemy in my home. I take authority over the enemy in my workplace. I take authority over the enemy where I live. We bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord of heaven, we turn to you and we ask you to release your grace, Lord. Let your love anoint us, your people of God, as chosen vessels. Vessels that are consecrated and set apart for you, oh God. God, we ask that you will increase our favor where we work, where we live, and where we play with our loved ones, with our family members, with our physical neighbors, with our co-workers, our supervisors, our subordinates, oh God. That we will be a conduit of your love. And now agree with me in this saints right now. Agree that God will release his love over this community, over this church. That we will be the messengers of hope that take the message everywhere we go to everyone we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, it's your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, it's your church, build your church, come on, build your church, build it from the ground up, it's your church, build 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 your church, take it from the ground up. What I want you to do now is I want you to visualize yourself taking a hold of this baton. As we received this baton 10 years ago, we've been running with this mission and this vision. And today I want you to see yourself. You may even want to symbolically stretch your hands out as though we're taking a hold of the baton together. What am I doing is I'm making a covenant. I'm making a covenant to you, God, in partnership with Pastor Tom and Candy. That, Father, I'm going to love you. That I'm going to love others around me. I'm going to love one another. I'm going to love your word. I'm going to walk in your anointing. I'm going to be a minister of your grace. And Father, I pray that you'll enable me to be a messenger of hope. So in these last final moments, I want you to see yourself taking a hold of this baton. See that you're reaching out and together we're grabbing it. And as Nehemiah's people said to him, I pray that you're saying right now to Pastor Candy and I, but most of all to the Lord, is let's do it. Let's do it. Let's be a transformational church. Let's do what God has called us to do.
to be a lighthouse to make an impact for the glory of God. Father, right now we take a hold of this baton. And as we do, God, we're making a covenant with you to love you, to be in all of you, to stand, Father, knowing that it's you that empowers. And God, I pray for an empowerment over our lives and over our church, that we will love one another, genuinely love one another, that God, I will love those that are different than me, that might believe a little bit different than I do, but God, today I make a commitment not to look at what divides, but what unifies, and that God, together, we're going to love each other, because in our love, it'll be a witness to the world, to the world that's watching around. And Father, we make a covenant with you to love your word, to grow in you, to develop your character in our life, develop the character of Christ in me transform me. Let your glory shine through me. Let me be, Father, what you've called me to be so that I can do what you've called me to do. Father, right now, I pray for your anointing on my life that as I begin to serve you by serving others, I will walk in the anointing as I release those gifts that you've placed into my life. I make a covenant to serve you by serving one another. And lastly, Father, I make a covenant today to be your messenger of hope, to take the message of hope everywhere to everyone in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen and amen and amen. For those of you that are watching by way of live stream, thank you for being a part of our CLC family. We love you. We miss you. If you're in the area, we can't wait to see you back in service with us. But we want you to know that we're believing for you and praying God's blessings over you. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.